show five star fam i'm aj and this is michael and wherever it is you get your pods subscribe share and leave us a good rating welcome to another episode of five stripe weekly and in this episode we will talk about the usoc wars a bunch of transfer rumors uh the mls super draft and uh, a lot of defenders and goalkeepers that we are signing, and uh, yeah, which is probably a good thing, but it's a flurry, and we'll break it all down. But uh, yeah, before we get too deep into anything, we want to shout out our Patreons and Andrew Wicky, uh, Nal Faruqi, Gavin Marshall, Jordan Beck, and Chris James. Shouts out to you all. But uh, yes, as well, uh, if you're new around here, yeah. Help us uh, get on our road to 10,000 subs. So uh, every little bit helps. Uh, there is an algorithm that is actually showing us that, yeah, a lot of you people that are watching aren't subscribed. So definitely help a brother out. Help a brothers out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, do a debt. But anyway, so let's get into the news. And... Uh, yeah, last Friday they announced, uh, MLS anyway, announced that uh, the MLS Next Pro League uh, will participate in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup instead of the MLS teams. Now, uh, yeah, that definitely put a lot of people in a tizzy, and I think rightfully so, people are upset. And, uh, yeah, you know, you get a full week, mostly, uh, pretty much, of uh, back and forth uh, in terms of fans, uh, kind of just, oh, man, just, like, really going at uh, MLS for uh, for this move. Uh, but also, U.S. Soccer, uh, they have announced that uh, the request to have MLS Next Pro teams represent MLS in the U.S. Open Cup uh, was, yeah, pretty much denied. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, they said in an official statement, as we move forward, we will continue our review of the U.S. Open Cup uh, to ensure it aligns with the U.S. soccer strategic pillars. Uh, we remain committed to addressing the needs and concerns of all of our members, including the MLS and, or including MLS, rather, and other stakeholders to enhance and improve the U.S. Open Cup. Now, it seems like uh, MLS, they uh, they are stemming these issues as part of fixture congestion, as well as uh, part of it is, um, you know, the early rounds, a lot of uh, the teams usually play the youth anyway, or at least fringe first-team players. But uh, yeah, uh, they're citing this as a way to develop young professional players and providing them with a greater opportunity to play meaningful competitions. But uh, yeah, as well though, uh, it seems like there still kind of is a gap in the MLS schedule as it was announced uh earlier this week and we will dig into that of course as well and pick our maybe favorite fixtures maybe even do a uh, very bold prediction of each fixture we will get there in uh, later in this episode but uh, yeah I mean it's it's basically there's a ton to sift through but what are your thoughts so far uh yeah it's um it's a lot. I mean, kind of going through the whole thing, you kind of have to look at, you know, where this started, um, who said what about what. There's a lot of also misinformation in the beginning, too. Um, the weirdest thing that I thought, and I guess it was not that weird when I further considered some things, is that MLS did this before informed U.S. soccer it was going to do it, um, which is kind of crazy um, that they would put out this kind of almost a bluff. Hey, we're not going to put our first teams into the tournament. We're going to use MLS Next Pro as like an official thing. Obviously, MLS is a bit um, strapped. They're they're restricted with how many players they can use um, for different competitions. Calls up from reserves and from uh, their Next Pro teams and from their second teams and from their academy. So they have to strate strategize about how they want to employ these players in different time periods the open cup has always been a little tricky a lot of times they want to use their not full strength squads to play in these in this tournament particularly especially in the open the early rounds which makes perfect sense 
because um, a lot of times you're going up against lesser op uh, opponents. Unfortunately, Atlanta would go a little too hard in that, and then we would end up losing. So that can have a double-edged sword to that. So it's a little weird to me that they started out by not informing uh, U.S. soccer, and then would just put that out there to see what would happen. Now, I say it's not that weird because it's possible and probably probable that uh, MLS is trying to kind of stake some ground, put their flag down, and say, like, listen, we have some things... Um, and, uh, you know, it's like they're, they're saying they want to develop young professional players by providing them great opportunity to play before fans and meaningful competitions in a tournament setting, prioritizing players' health and safety. So that's the, uh, roster or the, uh, you know, the, the game congestion issue. Um, and also enhancing investment from U.S. soccer. So it's kind of like they're saying hey, we're going to threaten this and make things look weird and tenuous between the two organizations, um, you know, get people riled up on both sides. So perhaps U.S. soccer then can come to the table um, and do some of the things MLS is requesting. Um, I mean, part of it is MLS's own doing and that their own rules are the reasons why MLS is strapped for being able to use players um, from academies or from twos. Their second teams, um, you know, as, as as liberally as they want to use, the more they can. Um, adding with Leagues Cup, it's like you've they. This is clearly the marquee kind of event that they want to focus on, and not the Open Cup. They see as just not really worth it. And to to a degree, they have a point. And this is part of what MLS was kind of griping about. United States Soccer Federation hasn't put a lot of money into the U.S. Open Cup. It's kind of left it to dwindle a bit. Um, that's not exactly the product MLS wants to associate itself with, especially when you have the likes of Lionel Messi coming to the league and now having to play a USL team in a stadium of like, you know, less than 10,000 people, like uh, with very bad broadcasting rights and um, just the infrastructure in general. It's, it's not a great look, and I understand why they're like, we want this marquee event to kind of replace it with Leagues Cup because they have full control over it. They have full money put into it. It looks good. It's clean, polished. US Comp, not so much. So this is kind of a way of them, I guess, saying like, we're putting a line in the dirt. Um, you guys have to step your game up, but we're going to start pushing our weight around a little bit because we believe we can get away with that in some ways. In the past... United States Soccer Federation has folded in some of these instances where MLS has pushed their weight around. Maybe they thought they'd do it again, but in this case, they didn't. USF clapped back. Um, so it's interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, like AJ said, they left open space MLS uh, in their scheduling foreseeably to use for the Open Cup. So it's not as if um, that door is shut. They're going to be at least in some way fielding something from the first team and that because they were denied and by USSF laws they have to field a team for the competition um, for it to be like a FIFA regulated thing so there's a lot more to get into with it as well there's a lot of hot takes and things being thrown around about whether what, what's the legality of this and that and um, you know what is the what does this mean for United States soccer as a whole um, you know, they were, uh, the guys on ESPN FC were saying this is like a death knell. This is like a killing blow for the, the Open Cup if MLS did not put in their first teams. Um, and to a point, you know, that is true. Um, this is a historic cup that has been running one of the most longest running, you know, continental uh, championship type of uh, domestic cups of all time in the world. And for MLS to kind of like poo-poo it like that, it seemed to some very disrespectful. And you can see why. Um, granted, it is time from the other side of things, play devil's advocate, to perhaps put some money where their mouth is and update the tournament so it can represent a more modern version of what MLS wants to be associated with. Because the MLS is the premier league associated with the United States. They're the ones that most of viewership comes from. USL brings obviously some things, but that's not the big driver. Um, it is also with USL teams getting experience of playing, this is only one of the times they get to play against Premier League teams in the United States. Outside of this, you don't really get that opportunity. That's a big thing for USL. Um, and it's a really disservice to them when if you take that away and just have them go up against the next pro teams. Um, 
there's a lot of different things going on here and this is not done yet but this is just the tip of the iceberg type of look like a 5,000 you know feet level look at the whole situation so far yeah man yeah really well said and uh a lot of that man is uh yeah it's it's deep it's deep rooted uh there are a lot of factors obviously in which yeah mls are they're trying to make sure that uh yeah their best interests are uh, looked after and uh in terms of u.s soccer and the u.s open cup obviously uh you know the longest running competition uh in terms of soccer in the world uh yeah i mean there is a history that is pretty much invariably going to be ignored uh with this move but uh it is also yeah, I mean, you know, you you have like the pitfalls that you were mentioning that really make this a very contentious type of uh, thing that, yeah, I mean, a lot of the U.S. Open Cup games as well, uh, revenue shared, but, you know, in terms of the League's Cup, uh, revenue shared greatly between Liga Emekis and MLS, and that's... That's much better of a of a windfall uh, than say you know the uh, say you get an injury to Lionel Messi, you know, at a U.S. Open Cup game. I mean, and where <laughs> there were ten thousand people in the stadium, and yeah, there's yeah maybe millions watching, but then they're seeing this inferior product. Yeah, there's a lot to work through, and I think yeah you know what you're saying. This does happen a lot, uh, I think, in some senses where people, uh, leagues, they'll they'll posture, they'll make uh, a move that's kind of more of a statement type of thing, and kind of see how the other side is going to react. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's a bluff, maybe we'll see. But I mean, yeah, the uh, the laws, the the uh, just inner workings of it, yeah. There's a lot to be determined, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys have some some thoughts as well. I'm sure, but let us know in those comments, and yeah, definitely we're uh, really keen to see what you're, uh, you know, maybe griping about which side you're on, which uh, if if there is a side that you're on. But uh, yeah, yeah. One, one last thing about it before we move on. It's this this it's. This has left an even worse taste in people's mouths more recently uh, because of MLS's decision to not increase the salary cap of the teams or give you more leeway with, with uh, like I you know, alluded to earlier, with allowing, you know, uh, second tier teams or academy players play more for your first teams because um, you know they have that contract limitation how many you can have uh per season um it, it's just it's it's weird it's almost a, like it's i mean mls is a business trying to maximize its profits and that seems to be exactly kind of what they're doing right now they're trying to get the biggest bottom line increase that you can possibly see for their stock for their their stockholders and their shareholders because what will this do right if you have leagues cup which is a huge boon financially for them um and you do not allow teams to kind of increase their uh spend which i mean some of that would be on the league paying for a little bit but for the most part it's on the owner so it's not that much of an incursion uh or like a debit into the into the league however like it saves them some money i guess um so like you you keep the limit on the league um, you keep people like I guess the conservative ownership happy in that regard, and you increase the amount that you are uh, getting from you know something like Leagues Cup, and then reducing some things you can get from Le Open Cup, which is you know negligible at that point. Um, it, it's very much maximizing profit share um, in that regard to me. It seems like at least strategically, um, and so a lot of people are you know this is not soccer right. This is very business and Don Garber is a businessman. And people are annoyed at that. Uh, you know, it's it, it's people are saying, why not increase the salary cap? It's like that would take care of almost all of these problems. You know, you, you can have more players come in that can participate at a high level in different competitions throughout the year. I mean, you see this in a lot of the other leagues around the world. 
So maybe it's time for that. We all thought it'd be time for that. It makes sense with adding competitions. Why not do this in unison with that? For whatever reason, they didn't. And I guess it somehow has to do with increasing your profit share by you know as many margins as possible in order to show at the end of the year and after the end of Lionel Messi's run that this was a massive success in terms of the league financially. I don't know what happens after that. Maybe they use that to leverage other things um, and grow the league in, in a responsible way, working hand in hand with USSF. But right now, it seems very much MLS only looking out for MLS, and everyone else is kind of having to kick rocks. And it's, I can see why people have a bad taste left in their mouth with it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess final thought here is, uh, or final thoughts. Uh, is that, yeah, you know, the teams, uh, the club owners, there's probably a reason why they have not voted to, uh, yeah, increase, you know, uh, spending limits and, uh, you know, just the whole MLS salary structure, maybe a 40p. It's because, yeah, you know, you have those owners that are uh, a little bit more penny-pinching and will, uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> they want to maximize those profits. And so, you know, right now, like by doing that, they would have to spend more. Uh, and by what profit margin? Like, you're going to have Lionel Messi anyway, and, you know, uh, he's probably going to clap a lot of teams. Uh, why spend more? You know, you're just going to, you know, make more money uh, with him anyway. And so uh, it's maybe subjective that, you know, the competition is greater or lesser. Uh, for most of that anyway, and the fans will argue uh, for MLS anyway. So it's uh, it's a very interesting you know back and forth argument for for all sides. But I think the interesting bit is if this stays, imagine a USL side or an MLS Pro side in the Champions League because that's what happens if you win the US Open Cup, and <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have this way inferior side. That okay, yeah, you have some minnows uh, in the Champions League already anyway, in some of the uh, other leagues. But I mean, this is a level that is uh, way below. <laughs> that uh, will be a really crazy outlier in the Champions League. But either way, we uh, will see what will happen. But uh, let's move on swiftly. And uh, yeah, LA United they announced uh, the signing of uh, or re-signing of Quint- Quinton Westberg, uh, probably. Uh, at least, uh, you know, the third uh, choice backup, but uh, at least as well, you never know what Braguzan might do. We still don't know. So he might be the uh, secondary keeper as well. Who knows? Who knows? So, um, yeah, it seems like so far that Braguzan, you know, all accounts maybe could return. Uh, so, you know, they're really at least accounting for that, but, uh, yeah, definitely with some of the other moves we will see, but, uh, moving on from that, uh, Arthur Blank, he wanted Mercedes-Benz Stadium to be the home ground of the U.S. national team. Uh, he said, quote, we've earned it and Atlanta has earned it, but, uh, of course, you know, we are a turf stadium and yes, uh, U.S. soccer will and want to play on grass uh it is a quick change but it still is something that's uh you know there are some logistics to handle in making that happen but uh yeah what what do you think of arthur blank's uh statement of yeah atlanta and mercedes-benz stadium should be uh pretty much the hub where u.s uh the u.s men's national team plays I mean, selfishly and personally, I would love that, obviously, because I live in Atlanta and I get to see the United States men's national team more often play here or the women's national team play here. That would be great. Um, I mean, we already have the, you know, She Believes Cup coming here, uh, playing, and I think it's like April or something like that. I'm excited to possibly go see a game there, take my daughter. That would be awesome. Um, If USSF could i don't know help subsidize putting in grass at the bends either like permanently or or at least like whenever it was necessary to to have more games scheduled there more often instead of like kind of what we already do which is occasionally and i mean very occasionally have international people uh teams come here to play and then we'll put the grass on and then we won't see the grass again for a while until we get another one which would be a while um 
I want to see more often. Hopefully USSF can help with that. Um, I feel like all the investment is going to Atlanta already with, you know, the training center, the headquarters. Why not also have the premier stadium in the area also be outfitted in such a way, or at least prepared, to be able to host regularly high-level international competitions so this really starts to look like the hub of, of, of American soccer. Um, I don't see why that wouldn't be on, you know, page one of everyone's book when it comes to this, but... I, I don't know. I mean, the, the NFL and the other reasons why turf exists. I mean, NFL not so much in itself saying we need turf on there, but um, just uh, it's a lot of the other voices in the room keeping turf on this stadium's ground is going to be a bit of an issue, a bit of a hurdle to get over, if ever. So I don't know if we'll see a like, permanent grass there at any time in the future. Uh, it's expensive, <laughs> very expensive, and I don't know if USSF wants to help uh, fund that, but at least for temporary and more frequently, I think that that's a no-brainer and absolutely should happen, and I think we'll see it too. Yeah, and I think, you know, Arthur Blake's a smart man. He probably would uh, figure out some creative way to make that happen too. Maybe if he pays for it, uh, you know, up front and then maybe gets uh, some sort of like points type of thing on the back end maybe where uh you know profits from you know the actual uh people in there uh in the stadium going to the stadium uh you know viewership all that uh that might be kind of the way to be able to uh you know subsidize on the back end but either way uh yeah it would be incredible and yeah it's almost a no-brainer to some degree that yeah if the uh you know, the U.S. men's national team and uh, U.S. soccer is going to train in Fayetteville. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's only makes sense for them to also play in the best stadium in the South. Let's just be real. Come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, let's move on from that into some uh, of the roster moves. And uh, yes, uh LA United, we may be on the verge of adding some uh, experienced center backs. One of them being in the re-entry draft, uh, Derek Sean Williams. Uh, he's a center back uh, that previously played for DC United. And yes, uh, also a former product of the Aston Villa Academy. And uh, yeah, signed as a youngster from the local side, Tremore AFC. Uh, also, uh, in England, he played for, of course, Villa, Blackburn, and Bristol City. He's an Irish international, but according to Doug Roberson, he will not occupy an international spot. And, uh, yeah, LA United, they have seven days to make an offer from which they drafted him, which was on Thursday. Uh, but, yeah, uh, his previous contract was about 871000 the year which is pretty high uh that's tam territory but uh yeah we probably won't offer him that much but uh yeah 30 year old uh guy who's left-footed center back uh could be depth for uh maybe behind Luis abram or competition maybe to usurp him if he does play better but yeah what do you think of williams and this uh this draft pick um, I think it's fine. I mean, the way I kind of frame this to help me understand it is that this is kind of a Parata replacement. So if you think about what Parata gave us in terms of output, I think you probably see similar levels from this guy. That's the way I kind of clock him. Um, I haven't done a deep dive onto the guy. I mean, this guy's played at DC and LA Galaxy, two teams I think are not good and fun to watch so i haven't been looking at them a lot so i mean that's a little worrying that he, he comes from such poor teams um like realistically in terms of you know their defensive capabilities have not been very good over the last couple years so you know it's a little worrying he did play i remember uh he was one game with villa in the premier league and interestingly enough that he was actually teammates with brad guzan when he was there uh, I think in the 2011-12 type uh, time period. So fun little fact that they used to be teammates. Um, so yeah, I mean, this guy's a depth piece, like AJ said. I think that's pretty much where the story starts and stops. Um, I don't think any leads are really being buried here with this story. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it seems like a guy who uh, can put in a good tackle, um, you know, another left-footed center back uh, with experience, uh, you know, within the, the group that uh, of center backs that we have, which is low right now. <laughs> We've only got Luis Abram and Noah Cobb as, uh, you know, guys who are actually signed on. So, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the uncertainty with Miles Robinson, maybe that ship has sailed as well. We don't know. I mean, Miles Robinson uh, posted a uh, an Instagram uh, post uh, with three photos with the caption, soul searching. So I think he's still trying to make a decision here and uh, maybe waiting until January to see if there are some, uh, some offers from abroad possibly as well. Because I feel like also if FC Cincy went well, well, he maybe would have signed. So, you know, you never know. I think he's probably trying to weigh his options. But uh, it better not be like 800 that we signed this guy, Derek, for. That's just yeah, that's just way too high. That's way too high. Exactly. It's uh, he, I, I, I think you know with his age as well, and you know, it'll depend. Uh, I think at most it'll be a two-year deal. Because yeah, I don't, I don't see us uh, sinking yeah. too much money into uh, a player like this. But uh, you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, moving on from that, some transfer rumors uh, as well from earlier this week, uh, according to Tom Bogert of the Athletic. Uh, LA United they've identified a couple of uh, players in free agent uh, MLS free agent Jonathan Mensa, who uh, previously had also won. An MLS Cup with Columbus Crew in 2020. Uh, he also, uh, yeah, previously played for San Jose Earthquakes, but uh, also as well, uh, League de Side Bordeaux. Uh, the Norwegian international Stian Gregersen. Uh, yeah, two potential key signings, uh, but uh, as well, I mean, it's uh, yeah, today uh, Friday, a rumor came out that Stian Gregersen. Uh, there was a bid for $2 million from Atlanta United. Uh, that was according to Steon Wall. And, yeah, I mean, seems like uh, at least this guy, Gregerson, you know, uh, I believe he was 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". And, yeah, you know, right-footed center back and uh, definitely a guy that's, uh, you know, I'm, the league does side, uh, or just the league, Obviously, has bore some fruit for us. Obviously, with Mugamba, with Shonda Silva, uh, it's looked kind of good in terms of uh, maybe the translation to our league. So, uh, yeah, these two players. What do you think? Uh, good moves or you know potential <laughs> potential banana peels? What do you think? I don't really think potential banana peel. I think like Mensa's a pretty proven commodity in the league. He's a solid player. Um, I don't think you can really go wrong with him. Um, like you're not getting a world beater out of the guy or anything like that, but he's he's perfectly fine. I think he's absolutely serviceable, maybe a little bit better than that. Um, now, Stian is interesting. Um, I think this guy, I mean, his height is obviously good we, we could use some height on the team that's good um yeah he comes from league do so we've like we said we've been plumbing that uh that well for a little while and it's been coming up nothing but gold for us so that's really good i'm really excited about that if, if we end up getting this guy um the the amount of money in terms of the accounting is a little bit of a concern um i think two million that puts him pretty high um hopefully this is not someone who could or perhaps command a DP spot for us, and then it becomes an accounting DP who can get go down to a TAM level for next year or something like that. Sim you know, similar to what we had with you know Sabo Lovjanice, but more actually accurately like Alan Franco because he's defender to defender. It would be you know having that guy come in on a DP contract and then be bought down. I mean, it's it's good business, right, to do that because you get a you know like a mid-level player um to come in for you know what would unfortunately get them into the dp level but you know you were able to buy them down the next season and then they can play under that level and still you get a like a mid-level decent good player out of that whereas you know if you get like a straight dp where it's a full you know high level player and um that's you know obviously the salary hit that way um i think that this like, you know, you have to then have that slot occupied this season. And 
foreseeably you have it open next season. What does that tell me about the strategy Land United is using? Is that they're not they may be not necessarily looking for if that if this is indeed the case, the assumption's true that he could be like an accounting DP like Alan Franco was. If that assumption holds true, then it's possible that Atlanta United is not necessarily looking to win championships in 2024. And it's possible that they're still lining everything up in their ducks in a row for 2025 when they can, again, open up another DP spot and have Stian in. And, you know, because this is the way you just kind of have to get a mid-level player in like that. And then you can get a DP player in. Uh, like a true DP is what I'll kind of call that, like a high-level signing, proven commodity in Europe, championship-winning type pedigree player, knows exactly what they're doing, like GG or something along those lines, um, a real needle mover kind of guy. So, and if that's the case, that looks more like 2025 than 2024, because um, it's like, oh, Miami signing Luis Suarez, and, and all these other teams are, you know, getting these high-level DPs in because they're trying to make a run at the Cup this year. What did Atlanta do this year? I can hear the ESPN FC guy saying. Uh, well, they brought in a mid-level, like, you know, accounting DP defend defender this year. Huh. Okay. Doesn't seem very ambitious. Doesn't seem very Atlanta United. Um, okay, we'll see what they do, I guess. So, and also, on top of that, if that if this is indeed the assumption holds that this is what goes on, that if that DP spot is filled, that's three DPs. If that's the case, you can kind of kiss that, you know, that dream of having the DP midfielder come in in this offseason goodbye, and you'd have to wait until 2025 again. That that yeah. would sink my ship a bit. Um, yeah. But again, I don't know if that's if that's what's going to happen. That that's kind of like a worst case scenario thing in my mind because like I wanted to compete in 2024. I mean, obviously we still will. We still have a decent shot and everything. I. I even I propose we will do better in 2024 than we did last year, which was decent. Um, so we'll still compete, but I really, it's like, you know, when the team makes a certain kind of signing, that sends a message to the league, okay, Atlanta's here to win or bust this year or something like that. And uh, yeah, I see what your point is for sure. I mean, yeah, he, he's not a world beater by any means. Yeah, bring, uh, bring me back down to, to earth, AJ. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the type of player he is. I mean, he is uh, he has got, I think, some attributes that will help us, uh, you know, definitely try to win. Uh, and so, you know, he's for a big guy. He does have decent speed, good on the ball. Uh, you know, he's got the experience of being in a top league as well. Uh, to only two years removed from league, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of these where. Uh, maybe that you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of new challenge for uh, this Norwegian international it could be a really good thing for uh, him, uh, kind of in his prime, where yeah, you know, he brings those oodles of experience and uh, can help us, uh, kind of at least steer it to a little bit more steady of a ship. Because, I mean, as well, yes, Miles Robinson, really great for us, but. Uh, never played in Europe and, you know, as well, never played in uh, a top league. However much you <laughs> want to say, maybe that league uh, is maybe a farmer's league at times or whatever. Uh, only one team wins the league, yada, yada, yada. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the type of player that, um, yeah, you know, as well, if he's a DP, I think can be bought down in the same year. So it doesn't necessarily make it where it's a foregone conclusion that we're not going to get another DP. Uh, you know, I think we were stockpiling GAM this offseason already, which uh, we'll get to. But, I mean, I think that's with an eye on, you know, this type of move where, okay, you bring somebody in uh, kind of where initially they might be uh, designated at that, but then you can buy them down. But... Yeah, Hopefully. that's a half a that's a half a season in at that at least at that point. Could be, could be, or it could be where, um, yeah, you know, it's done in the same off season. It's uh, you know, Alan Franco. It was uh, it was pretty immediate when he was bought down. Um, you know, kind of early on in the season when we decided that we needed to uh, to get another player, uh, you know, to bring in as a DP. That being Luis Arujo. Uh obviously that it turned out fantastic. But uh, you know, details aside, 
it's possible. Right. So it's uh you know that that's the the good thing. But uh, but as well, Minsa. I mean, it's uh you know it's depth. Uh, maybe we can get him on uh you know kind of a minimum veteran depth uh, kind of cost. We don't know, but I mean he's thirty three. It's, it's possible. So uh, an interesting and, fact about uh, Stan too is is that he um he would like the two million number they're throwing around was around the same amount that we were talking about of LGP when he came to the team. So maybe that's the kind of level of player we might be getting with Stan. Yeah. Uh, well, I think yeah, Gregerson definitely has played at a uh, higher level than LGP, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, doesn't mean doesn't uh, equate that uh, one is a better player than the other, but uh, it definitely. But like that's you know, your minimum, like you know, like you should be like expecting a, you know, a very good player. If you consider LGP a very good player, I think he was great for us. Um, you know, not in terms of behavior or anything like that, but like it's you know, it's looking at. If you thought this guy was at this level, like that's kind of your floor, your entry floor for what you can expect for this guy. If you know, if you want to consider numbers to be any kind of accurate measure or metric for, you know, predicting someone's abilities on the on the field. But if you don't, then that's fine too. Right. But uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, LA United they uh, they picked up Garrison Tubbs. Uh, from Wake no. Forest, and, uh, and then dropped. Yeah, uh, and they, you know, gave a post and everything. He's a homegrown player. Uh, he came from our academy, uh, and I guess they got an offer they couldn't refuse. And or maybe it was a, uh, you know, kind of a stash, uh, kind of, and then get some money in the draft type of play, uh, which is exactly what they did. Uh, pretty much on. Uh, draft day on the MLS Super Draft Day. Uh, they traded Tubbs to DC United for approximately $125,000 in GAM and an extra $150,000 in GAM in add-ons. So, uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely uh, threw some people uh, into a little bit of a, like, what? <laughs> like, why, why would we just do that? Uh, but I think it's kind of clear that, yeah, maybe this move is a with an eye on uh, being kind of uh, a win now move and you know getting gam from a player that uh yeah these are kind of kind of roster inefficiencies where you can pick up a player for free pretty much and then you flip him for uh, a bunch of gam that you can then use to bring in and buy down players like gregerson so you know uh, i don't hate it uh tubs we barely knew you but I mean, yeah, but what are your thoughts? Uh, on, I mean, he on might this? be back, uh, you know, because he's, like, you know, from the, you know, like he's a homegrown type of player. So, like, he could be back and that could help us out. Um, but, yeah, it's, there was also some posts that Tubbs liked on Twitter where people were saying, like, he was surprised by this, uh, that he didn't see us coming. You know, like, he, he, did, he thought, oh, on Lane United. And, it, you know, like some people were saying, well, you know, if you were told ahead of time that this was going to happen, kind of thing, like, you know, be given the offer and then shipped off immediately, it's like, okay, that's one thing. Kind of that's just business. We understand. Um, but it, it seems like he was kind of blindsided. So that's, that can be a little shocking to a, a young kid going into the professional world like this. But, you know, it is what it is. It is, at the end of the day, it is business. But, you know, you'd like at least some kind of notice. But, you know that that does not always possible um business deals are business deals and the secrecy and the uh you know keeping things uh on a need to know basis are kind of the uh, uh you know something that happens in those in, in those situations so it is what it is um i he seems like a like what i've heard he's a very good prospect um so whoever's gonna get him dc is going to probably enjoy his time there um hopefully he develops into someone really good um it seems like he has a high ceiling so it's exciting to hear with someone coming out um from our neck of the woods so yeah i'm excited to see how he develops right and it, it could be that where uh yeah basically uh you know him in college he had some of the best defensive stats uh in the league and yeah now they're getting somebody that's uh yeah, you know, probably would have been drafted pretty high, and so that's almost exactly probably why we made sure that uh, we grabbed him, 
because, uh, yes, in the draft, um, well, uh, there was a move right before the draft. We sold the rights to Miguel Berry uh, to the LA Galaxy for the 33rd pick in the 2024 MLS Super Draft. But uh, So, yeah, we had four draft picks, and uh, then we also sold off uh, draft picks number 33 and 72 uh, right promptly after that uh, during the draft to Chicago for $50,000 in GAM. But we did make a couple of uh, or three selections, so... Uh, it did kind of uh, bore out to be the uh, a lot of goalkeepers and defenders, but uh, yeah, Jaden Hibbert uh, from the University of Connecticut. Uh, he was our first round pick at number 19. Uh, we also uh, picked up uh, midfielder Javier Armas from Oregon State University with the 48th pick. Goalkeeper Casper Moles from the University of Kentucky. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically... Um, yeah, the defenders are more so, uh, kind of with LA United too, rather. So I misspoke there. Apologies. But, uh, but yeah, Hibbert, 19 goalkeeper, uh, started all 14 games for the Huskies in 2023. Uh, yeah, you know, a player that's, uh, is definitely a player that is for the future, I would say. Uh, probably not a, uh, immediate starter right out of the gates. Uh, Armas, uh, midfielder, he, uh, he played five years with the Beavers. Uh, you know, not a glimmering stat line with six goals and ten assists in his time there. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe there is some potential there with him. And then uh, Casper Moles, uh, kind of a guy that's maybe uh, was a little surprising, I think, that, uh, you know, he fell all the way down to uh, kind of here in the 77th pick. But, uh yeah, you know, he's a guy that's, uh, yeah, uh, I think some uh, some some teams probably were pretty high on, but maybe didn't want to take that chance. But, uh, yeah, he definitely, uh, you know, as a freshman, earned the NCAA D1 All-American First Team Honors, and along with the Sunbelt Conference Goalkeeper of the Year accolades. So, uh, yeah, a couple of guys that's, uh, you know, might kind of replace the, uh, you know, just the Garce, Justin Garces and, uh, you know, uh, Vincent Reyes that, uh, you know, we weren't really able to uh, maybe uh, bring them into the first team, but, uh, you know, we needed to kind of replenish the coffers here. So, uh, you know, I think from, from that standpoint, you know, goalkeepers in America usually are pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of them that get, uh, you know, sold to Europe and, you know, I think we get that inherent size. We get that inherent, you know, kind of like, uh, I guess Americans are better with our hands just because we play more of the sports that require, you know, that. So uh, there is a bit of, you know, maybe where, okay, well, you know, let's go with uh, and take some flyers on some uh, some guys that are coming from the American uh, kind of system. But what do you think? I mean, that's just staffing mostly the twos that were, you know, drained a bit uh, in the offseason. So that's that's fine. Um, we need to get bodies in there. We'll see how they develop, see what happens. You know, there's always that pathway perhaps to the first team if they do well. So that's cool. Um, so excited to see how that goes. Yeah, that's um, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Carl uh, Spokenegger, he mentioned that, yeah, our goalkeeper group is all over 30 years old and uh, there's a bit of a gap in the academy. So this seems to kind of just, uh, like I said, replenish that. Uh, now, moving on to LA United 2, uh, before we get into the uh, MLS schedule that was released, uh, basically there was a transfer rumor that's uh, Atletico de San Luis. They uh, are close in bringing in Jonathan Villal, a Mexican-American player, uh, and yeah, probably in terms of Mexican soccer, one of the, uh, the jewels that uh, you know, Mexico are looking to maybe cultivate. But, yeah, uh, you know, so that might happen. Bilal, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, a good player for LA United too. But, uh, yeah, I think when you can get to a, a more professional team in that sense, uh, not a development team, yeah, you probably would take that move. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and that uh, that rumor was according to Kerry Ruiz. But, 
yeah, Alina 2 also made a flurry of moves, uh, some signings, goalkeeper John Berner and midfielders Noble Okello and Jacob Williams, as well as, uh, yeah, Daniel Russo, uh, Haya, and, uh, yeah, as well as uh, Matthew Edwards, a couple of defenders. Uh, that's, yeah, basically kind of fill out the roster a little bit. Uh, but yeah, look like to be some uh, pretty experienced guys that, yeah, if we did play them in the U.S. Open Cup, okay, yeah, you know, you have uh, some some players that uh, are, are hosses. So, but um, yeah, any thoughts on Atlanta, Atlanta United 2 moves? Um, so with the Vial thing, like, you know, for me, yeah, I'm glad he went to that. Some people are saying... Like, oh, why didn't he get picked up when, you know, the likes of Luke Brennan and uh, like Centeno and some other ones got picked up um, in the offseason? It's like, like, well, apparently those other ones were raided or we just didn't have the spot necessary for Vial. Like, I believe, was he a like a center attacking mid or something like that? Um, we, yeah, that's typically a spot at MLS that we put very, very high level players at. And no offense to him. But I don't think that spot's going to be coming open anytime soon. I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of minutes if he were to join a team like ours um, for, with, to be in a position like that. So I think it's a much smarter move to go elsewhere, somewhere where he can actually get playing time and things like that. So I think it's a smarter move. Um, it's just a little bit easier for players like Brennan and, um, you know, p- uh, players that Firmino, don't... Yeah, yeah for me that don't necessarily occupy those there's like talisman spots that we invest a ridiculous amount of money in. Right. And yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, the correlation between the two of the MLS Super Draft and also uh, United 2 as well. Uh, you know, the likes of a Centennial uh, who came from the draft. Um, I mean, it's just like, yeah, there's not like the, the level isn't the greatest. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, you know, you, you have some standout players that, okay, or maybe it's a maybe be able to um, you know make some waves as uh, some depth and maybe greater in uh, in our squad uh, on the first team but yeah you know they ha- they have a bit of ways it's a it's a gap for sure in terms of the level of play so um, you know I think it's something that okay you know Bilal it sucks but I mean I don't think there's been a ton of players that we've let go that we were like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> we should have kept him because uh, he would have helped us from LAI too. So, but uh, okay, well, let's get into that schedule then. Uh, so, MLS released it, LA United. Uh, we will be playing uh, for our first match of the season, the MLS Cup winners at their home, and yeah. That's fun, uh, but uh, and yeah, it will be uh, it will kick off on uh, Saturday, February twenty fourth. But uh, which is eh, fairly early now, I guess. Uh, you know, we're only two months away, so you know it's a uh, it's a little bit closer now. Uh, it's, I know it's been a, a long month, but it uh, we now have some uh, some waves into the next season, and uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, there will be some really uh, spicy affairs early on as well uh, as, you know, we uh, at home will not only have the Revolution, but also Orlando City uh, early. Uh, We'll also play Philly pretty early and FC Cincy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a good majority of our our home games kind of come in bunches early on in the season and then... Yeah, we have some stretches where we're on the road for a bit of time. And, like, uh, yeah, there's a stretch in June to uh, the end of July where uh, we have five games on the road and only one home game. Yeah, that's going to be kind of tough. But, uh, yeah, you know, but also some tasty away days that are new. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, LA Galaxy and Carson City, not actually LA, of course. And also uh, RSL for Utah and uh, as well uh, St. Louis City. That will be uh, a new one that's, uh, yeah, we will finally play the new boys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
definitely a lot of fun ones. Also Houston as well. Uh, maybe a, a hot away day as it will be in June. But uh, yeah, any one of those that uh, you know are really striking out as a ooh, I need to make that one. Um, not really. I was kind of hoping for a San Jose away day because I have some people in the San Francisco area and that's not too far away. Um, but for the most part, travel for me is a little difficult. Um, just getting away from, because I have a lot of, I have two young kids. It's a little hard to do long distance travel. So not going to doing too much of that. Um, I could maybe make an excuse if it was San Jose, but unfortunately that's not in the cards this season. Um, but you know, I am sure it'll be exciting for the people who do go to the, some of the away games over on the West coast and elsewhere. Yeah, I think the one that uh, maybe is interesting for me probably is uh, a St. Louis City. It's you know, there's a it's a new team, kind of a new stadium as well. Uh, you know, get a little bit of experience in the Midwest, but um, yeah, and possibly LA Galaxy. I'm not really too uh, too enamored with uh, maybe. Uh, I, I think it would be where knowing we probably could clap them, so you know that would be good. That would be good, but. Uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, the home opener being New England Revolution, the, uh, man, Decision Day essentially being at Orlando City, that will be spicy, so, I, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, they, they definitely did that on purpose, but, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, Inter-Miami, when do we play them, uh, that will be interesting as well, uh, but, uh, yeah, September 18th and May 29th, uh, you know, those will be, I'm sure, very well-watched affairs as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at, like, uh, the schedule really quickly, you know, kind of just going through, uh, we'll just call out and see. Uh, I don't know if you can keep track uh, while we call it out, uh, you know, what our wins, losses, and draws maybe will be. We can count how many points we can actually get from a really way, 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 way too early uh, <laughs> prediction of uh, what this schedule will look like. But, uh, yes, Columbus Crew, away, win, loss, or draw? I'm going to have this as a, a loss. I, I I didn't get to complain about this earlier, but I've been kind of vocal about this in the various communities that this is a... This is a real like screw you kind of thing. Like I, this is a bustle. <laughs> it's I. I mean like, the beginning of the year is when you're kind of I would imagine like you're most vulnerable, because um, you know we're gonna have a lot of roster turnover, new guys. We're still gonna gain, trying to be gaining consistency. Obviously, it's the first game. There's no consistency yet. I mean, trying to string together preseason in this. Atlanta United historically has been not very good at that. Um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, have a good cohesive unit by the time we're playing Columbus. But I mean, even if this was any other team, I'd say like, okay, maybe the thing, we don't know exactly, you know, where the other team is in their preparation either. They might be stumbling as well, but I feel like Columbus is probably the most difficult task to ask away as your first game i would much rather prefer to play them later on when we've had some time to develop and gain chemistry and bring in the players we want and i think at full fully operational battle station mode i think we can we could beat them away but early on with columbus not having a lot of turnover probably not a lot of differences i have a feeling they're just gonna blaze through us early yeah, uh, with all those reasons said, uh, I agree. Um, and yeah, we'll try to power through all these other ones uh, at a much quicker yeah. pace. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I think it's a loss too. I mean, uh, at most, I think we can get a uh, a draw. So uh, yeah, zero points there. Uh, New England Revolution, a little bit of a, uh, a thing there. But Caleb Porter being their new head coach, um, you know, maybe they're also not uh, full gear yet at home. Home opener, I think we'll be geared. I think it's three points. W. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yep. I agree. Okay. Uh, Orlando City coming in uh, next after that at home. Uh, I think I think it's probably a dub, but uh, it could also be a draw as uh, they play us tough at the bends sometimes. Uh, but I'm going to say three points. So W there. You? I agree. Okay. 
Toronto FC away. Historically been tough. Uh, I think that's an L, unfortunately. Toronto away. I'm going to say it's a draw. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Chicago Fire at home. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say that is a dub. Three three points there. Chicago Fire away or, or at, at home. home. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say it's a dub too. Okay. NYCFC away. Uh, that will be a draw at best, probably. Uh, we never really played that well there. Uh, that's probably unfortunate. L as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm having an L as well for that one. Uh, Philadelphia Union at home. That's a draw, I think. Yeah, I say draw too. Okay. Uh, FC Cincy at home. Um, hmm. <laughs> I mean, we played them pretty well at home, though, so... I yeah, think, we did. Yeah, I think we can actually steal this one, uh, even though they, uh, you know, probably will still be very strong. Three points. I think we'll lose. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we'll lose. I, I mean, this is really up in the air because it really depends. You could say it's about every team, but I think strongly with Cincinnati because you know historically they've been like it's these have been like they've been like really bad or really good. Yeah. And I feel like eventually they have to regress to the mean at least a little bit. Yeah. So like I'm thinking that you know they're but maybe we're not there yet. So yeah. mm. I think that you know I think that they'll still be a pretty good team. Um, and it'll be a tough game. I think we'll. I, I'll say loss, but I don't know. Who knows? That's okay. a little tricky. It really depends on probably too much. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which we won't get into. Uh, we, yeah, we have yeah. to rifle through. <laughs> but uh, Chicago Fire away, oh, man. I think I think it's a it's a draw. Yeah, a draw. Um, I want to say a win. <laughs> okay, all right. I want to say a win. Uh, just because I just I have no faith in whatsoever in Chicago right yeah. now. Yeah, to be fair, uh, Minnesota at home. I think that's a dub. Minnesota at home. I think it's a dub too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, DC United at home. Hmm. I think we can do this. Yeah. Dub. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Next, FC Cincy away. Yeah, that's that's an L, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's an L. Yep. 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 Especially having played them that close as well, like they would have gotten all the scouting that they needed. Uh, Nashville SC away. Oh, man. I think that's a draw. I think it's a draw, too. Yep. Uh, LAFC at home. Ooh, man. I think this is a draw. LAFC at home. I also have that as a draw. Yeah. Uh, Inter Miami away. Unfortunately, is an L. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to think it's an L. Like, that's another team where it's highly dependent on what team they can field um like we kind of have this thing going on in the discord about yeah well miami's good and all but the likelihood of them having like all four or five of those high level players on their team on the pitch at the same time is very unlikely it's going to be very interesting seeing how tata manages the time between all of them because it's just they're they're all old they all are very injury prone suarez barely has two legs working like it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how he handles it. So it could be very much a day where Miami has to rest all of those guys. So who knows? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, Charlotte FC at home. That's a dub. Charlotte FC. Yeah, Charlotte FC. I think can, unless I see something crazy happen with them, I feel like they're still just there for the taking. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed. Uh, even though they did bring in Dean Smith, a very, very good coach, but still, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, they need to fix that roster for sure. Yeah. Uh, Houston Dynamo, I misspoke, is not an away game, but uh, that's at home. Ah, oh, man, they're tough. I think it's a draw. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it's a draw. I, I want to say, like, I just, I just feel like the uh, Western teams are just so weak <laughs> compared to the eastern teams and even though, though these guys are open cup champs and you know they made it pretty far in the playoffs in the west side i just feel like atlanta could have made it far in the west side too so yeah. um so yeah we'll see um i i, I think it, 
a draw is probably fair to say, but I think we have a chance there. Okay. Awesome. Uh, all right. DC United away. Uh, I think it could be a draw. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it's DC tough going there. Be bad? I know. Yeah. Because they could just dry out their field again and uh, <laughs> full struggle. <laughs> Simple as that. It'll do it just because, like, Pineda and the team has struggled in yeah. some regards on in away game. So I'm just going to say, yeah, probably a draw. Um, yeah. But hopefully, you know, we can figure that out this year. We'll see. Right. Yeah, hopefully so. St. Louis City away. Unfortunately, I think that's an L. Uh, yeah, I think that they're going to play us like how Red Bull plays. So I don't I don't know if we're going to be ready for that. So I'm going to say L too. Yeah, their keeper's probably going to stand on their head or whatever. And Yeah, but... yeah, it'll be some nonsense like that. All right. Toronto at home. That's a dub. If things continue the way it has been with Toronto, then absolutely yes. yes. <laughs> Away, it's a whole different story, but yeah, at home it should yeah be pretty uh, pretty conclusive. Uh, away at New England Revolution, um, I could see it being a draw. Yeah, I, I think this is an L. Unfortunately, you think it's an L. Yeah, I think it's a midweek right. game, so I think okay. right. uh, RSL away. Man, this is a tough stretch. Uh, I think it's also an L. Man. <laughs> RSL away. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to say that's probably uh, an L. Yeah, because it's back-to-back away games in the same week, three days apart. Um, okay. Uh, Montreal, CF Montreal away. Uh, man, I, I, think we can, I think we can at least get a draw here. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, NYCFC uh, at home. I think this can be a dub. I think three points, yes. Is it NYCFC at home? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think so. We should be able to beat them at home. Yeah. Next up, Columbus Crew at home. Uh, I still think we'll probably... Uh, we could draw that. I think we could draw that at home. Yeah, I think we... we well, obviously we won. Yeah, we, we won uh, and drew the first time. I, yeah, I think we can get three points here. So. You get three points? Okay, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I think okay. we, the, the playoffs had a lot more of a motivation on us that time, but yeah. Could be. Could be for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, LA Galaxy away. That probably, I would say it's her dub. <laughs> like one of maybe two wins on the road this season. I don't know. Hopefully more. You think it's a dub? Okay. I think it's a dub. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, We're at 41 points right now. Okay. Are you uh, you saying it's a dub or... Uh... For LA? Uh, yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, next up is... Uh, let's see. That's Charlotte FC away. Ooh. Obviously, FC we can win, away. but uh, I think they might be... Mm, I think it's a draw. I think we can win that. Okay. Uh, Nashville at home. I think that's a dub. Nashville at home is a dub. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Yep. Inter Miami at home. Uh, yeah, if all their stars play, uh, it's probably a, a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, yeah, who knows? But the, so I'll go with draw too. Yeah. Red it's Bull. Uh, yeah, exactly. Red Bull away. Loss. Red Bull away is a lot. I, I don't think we've gotten that monkey off the back fully yet. Once we start beating them regularly, I'll I'll change my mind. But we're not yep. there yet. Yep. Philadelphia Union away. Oh, man. I think I think this could be a draw. It could be, but I'm going to say a loss. Okay. All right. Uh, I think Philly's still going to be good, and yeah. they're still going to be tough as hell to play at their home. Yeah. CF Montreal at home, dub. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New York Red Bull at home. Uh, the penultimate match of the season. I think it's a draw. I'll say it's a draw too, yeah. All right. Last home match, or not last home match. Uh, last match of the season. Decision day. Uh, Orlando City. I think it's a dub. 
I'm gonna say a dub too. I was I think realistically it's probably gonna be a draw, but I I think that I, I it really depends on a lot of how the season goes. Right. It's like you talk about game state is like season state. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll say, but yeah, I think uh, uh there's a chance and I think if we're the right team, we got the right players, the right attitude, the right mentality. We yeah. and you go into decision day, all the pressure will be on Orlando. I think we can upset them. Right. And I think that's kind of been our second home grounds because we've we've won there a lot. So mm-hmm. uh you know, obviously those were when we were good, but still. Yeah, all those uh, players are gone now too. <laughs> yeah. But uh okay, so let's tally that up. What do we got? How many points? So from my count, that's fifty-five points. Fifty-five points. Okay. All right. I, I don't think we were too optimistic. I think we were pretty realistic uh, in some regards. Four points over what we did in twenty twenty three. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's a little bit of an improvement. Uh yeah, you know, we still obviously need to figure out our away form in that sense, but yeah, I mean, 55 points, not too bad, actually, because, yeah, you know, you have teams that essentially uh, broke records with, like, 60-some-odd points, uh, you know. So, okay, you know, that's definitely winning more than we're losing. So, uh, yeah, okay. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. But, uh, yeah, that pretty much is the entire episode except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is... What's the away day or home fixture that you're most looking forward to in 2024? Will it be against Lionel Messi? Will it be against the uh, reigning MLS Cup champs? Uh, will it be, you know, Orlando City? Because OFYO. Let us know in those comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey.